welcome back to Flagship Light. My name's Nidlan, and today we'll be talking about the new Raspberry Pi 400. Cool concept, cool design. So I thought it'd be nice to talk about this product. So we'll start off with just an overview, then we'll talk about the design, moving on to why it's probably one of the most useful tech products that has been launched this year, and finally, where stuff like this can come into the market, even in different product categories. Now, you're probably extremely confused once you've seen this title, but no, this isn't a mistake. Raspberry Pi have launched a computer for £65. This computer is something I've personally never seen before. It's in a keyboard. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but they've managed to fit a whole motherboard along with all the other components into a keyboard. All you need to do is connect it to a monitor and plug in a mouse and then it's good to go. So if you're interested in the specs, here they are. A quad-core 1.8 GHz ARM Cortex-A72 CPU, 4GB of RAM, Gigabit Ethernet, Bluetooth 5.0 and Wi-Fi as well. For the ports, you have a pair of micro HDMI ports that can output 4K at 60 frames per second, two USB 3 ports, one USB 2 port, USB-C for power, which is seriously underrated at this price point, and microSD for storage. So for those of you that didn't really get that, this means that this computer is definitely not the most powerful and is intended for light use. In this case, specifically coding, accessing the internet, browsing, light gaming, you know, that sort of thing. By the way, there is also a GPIO port, which is a special type of port that connects to a huge number of accessories, like cameras, photography rigs, you know, lots of stuff. You know though, the specs aren't actually that bad for this price. So, for the overall concept, I've got to rate it. So easy to use, simple, and just cheap. Anyway, moving on. So the design? I like it a lot. The keyboard itself is, as you would expect, quite chunky. But it does look quite sleek, I guess. It sounds so stupid, but they've made something that has to be big due to its internals quite sleek from the front. It's a slope keyboard, which is criminally underrated in my opinion. It feels so much more natural to type on, and your hands get way less tired. Anyway, this one is sloped and looks extremely thin from the front. The back of the keyboard is quite big because it's got all the ports and all of that stuff, but personally I don't stare at the back of my keyboard for hours on end. Anyway, it's got the classic white and red colour theme that makes the Raspberry Pi stick out. I know why they've made the red so apparent, but I don't know, I maybe would have preferred a version with the body being white and, the, and only the letters of the key being red. I just get Pokeball vibes from this, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the font that the letters of the keys are, but I'm just being annoyingly picky now. So that should be it for the design. So let's move on to why this is probably one of the best products for this year. Yeah, I know the iPhone 12 series was released. Yeah, the iPads, OnePluses, LG Wings, all of that stuff. But this is a step away from all of that. With all of this lockdown stuff happening, some people just need a cheap computer that's easy to use. Full stop. For £67, you can't go wrong with this. 
As soon as I saw this, actually, I thought about the horrible Raspberry Pi OS, or whatever it's called, and I wasn't going to make this episode. And then I heard it could run a version of Windows, which definitely caught my attention. I know it's not spec to the max or whatever, but it can run Windows in a keyboard with decent performance for just under 70 quid. Simple as that. So I think it's the best piece of tech from this year. Definitely going to get some people acting like I'm mad, but anyway. So how can this come into play in other product categories? So let's look at smartphones first, because it's probably the easiest. Okay, so I know that there are some pretty good phones out there for just above 100 quid. Phones from Huawei, Honor, or even Samsung to be fair. These phones are good, but aren't as good as they could be. Save for Samsung to a certain extent, these phones don't really have great software. Hardware's good for the price, but software's a little bit here and there. I feel like with smartphones, companies building £100 or $100 smartphones will look to prioritise hardware. I don't really think that should be happening though. Take the Samsung A10 for example. I own this phone and its hardware's good. Like, it's not terrible. And the software's alright. The reason as to why it's alright is because it runs one UI. Apart from that, it's horrible. Now, how much can you complain about phones this cheap, right? But I feel that companies could make some real good phones at this price point. Okay, I'll start with software ideas. Companies like Google are a great example of this. With their lower-end smartphones, the Pixel A lineup, Google has flagship-level software with hardware that is mid-tier compared to its competitors at the same price range. So for software, I think that a sort of more lightweight version of the software that's used for flagship devices should be used. Yeah, I know that adapting software to become more lightweight for only certain devices is a bit counterintuitive, but I think it could work. I mean, the Raspberry Pi 400 has sold out from retailers almost immediately, so there is certainly a demand for really cheap but good tech. Also, software can be put on devices for practically no extra cost once you've made it once. I reckon that my smartphone with a lighter OS and good software would be 100% better. Even with bad camera hardware, you could get pretty good photos with Pixel software, and this is where this market could thrive. Good software, mediocre hardware. I mean, it's been working for Google in their budget lineup, so why can't it work on a more drastic scale? Also, these phones need to be marketed well. In a place where Samsung has about a hundred new phones every single year, with names as bad as Sony's phones, no one knows what phone at this price point has come out. If these extremely cheap phones are marketed well, like OnePlus has done with their OnePlus Nord, then this could work. If not, then this will be a complete fail. Anyway, I know I've waffled on about phones for a bit, so I'll move on to smartwatches. This is a market where I don't think this could take place. Realistically, your smartphone is a way of accessing your phone, as well as other perks, a lot easier. Having budget smartwatches when you could devote that money onto a more expensive smartphone would probably be a better option. 
Looking a few decades into the future, though, sounds crazy, but yeah. I think smart glasses, if they become mainstream with VR tech which can interact with the real world, will benefit from this kind of thing. I won't get into that too much, though, because it's a bit much, so yeah. So, that's it for this episode. As always, you can hit me up with feedback, comments, what you want to hear in future episodes, and anything about flagship light in general with my contact details down below. Anyway, thanks for listening, thanks for staying for this long, and I'll see you soon.